What's in a name? When uh, when, uh, Juliet asked this question of Romeo, she wasn't thinking about the liturgical year, but we might borrow her question today. What's in a name? It seems as though the church has had a hard time deciding what name to call this Sunday by. It's been called Low Sunday because compared to Easter Sunday itself, it's at a lower status. It's also called White Sunday or Sunday in White. And that's because uh, the newly baptized at the Easter Vigil would wear white robes when they came to Mass on the Sunday after Easter. And it's also called the Octave Day of Easter because it's the eighth day in this Easter week. And until the 1960s, it was called the first Sunday after Easter. That's the easy one. But now we call it the second Sunday of Easter. Now, here's a good one. Father Nellis told me this years ago. And I'm not going to explain what it is. You'll have to guess. It's also known as Quasimodo Sunday. Okay, don't think about the hunchback of Notre Dame. Quasimodo Sunday. But now we have a new title, Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy Sunday was declared at the canonization of St. Faustina Kowalska, who said that she was asked by Jesus in a vision to have this Sunday dedicated to his divine mercy. And so Pope John Paul declared it uh, that from now on it would be called Divine Mercy Sunday. And it would be a time when we gather together and we say the Mercy Chaplet, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It's set on ordinary rosary beads. And so important is this Sunday that the Pope has even attached a plenary indulgence to it under the usual conditions. So today we're going to have the opportunity at St. John's, it's in the bulletin, to um, there will be an additional priest there as well as Father Tedeschi available for confession. And you can obtain that plenary indulgence. And also at 3 o'clock, which is the hour of great mercy when Jesus expired on the cross, there we will say the mercy chaplet together. It will be very beautiful. It will be sung uh, as it is, perhaps you've seen it on EWTN. And it's very fitting that John St. John Paul the Great, in, who instituted this feast, died just a few moments after the Mass of the Feast of Divine Mercy was celebrated in his room. But this begs the question, isn't every Sunday a celebration of the mercy of God? Well, of course, just as every Sunday is a little Easter. But today we focus in more sharply on Christ's mercy. So back to Juliet. What's in a name? Well, the very word mercy in Latin is misericordia, as it is in Spanish. And if we take that word apart, we see we have misery and cordia, meaning heart. So mercy is a certain misery of the heart, a certain burning of the heart, a burning that is a love that burns so brightly and so intently, intensely that it burns the heart of the one who loves. And we all know this kind of love. We've experienced it. When a child is sick and we can do nothing, when a loved one dies, when a spouse leaves us, the more we love, the harder it hurts. 
And on this feast of divine mercy, we pause for a moment in the blinding light of the resurrection to behold the aching heart of God, the God who is love and whose heart aches for those he loves. We pause to hear those same words spoken to us that were once said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side. And just like Thomas and the other apostles, we contemplate the aching love of God that brought our Lord to the cross, the aching that led God's only son to the cross, the aching that nailed him there, the aching that reached its horrendous fulfillment and conclusion when the spear pierced his side and outflowed blood and water. It was that ocean of mercy pouring forth from the side of Christ that gives us hope, that casts out fear, that destroys the powers of sin, death, and hell. It is that ocean of mercy from the side of Christ that gives us the faith to never doubt for a day For a moment, the stupendous and overwhelming and inexhaustible love of God for us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it was that ocean of mercy from the side of Christ that broke through the locked doors of the place where the disciples were trembling in fear that they, too, would suffer death on the cross. But when Jesus comes through that locked door, still bearing the marks of the nails, and of the spear. What does he say to those trembling men, to those 11 remaining disciples? Does he say, where were you when I needed you? Does he say, you said you would die for me. Where were you, you bunch of cowards? No, we hear something else. He comes through that door and he says, peace be with you. And when he had said that, he showed them the price of that pierce, of that piece, the nail pierced hands and his side opened by the lance. And then Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. But his mercy is not satisfied. His thirst for sinners is not quenched. Let us ask another question. Why did God send his son? Why did God Come in the flesh. Was it to tell us how to behave? Not really. He gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. He spoke through the prophets. Was it to perform mighty miracles? No, Moses performed miracles and so did Elijah. Parting the Red Sea, raising the dead back to life. Then why did he send his son? To do what only he could do to forgive us of our sins, to reconcile us to him, and to give us peace. And so through that lens, we can understand better the words of today's gospel. When Jesus said to them, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. And whose sins you retain, they are retained. Isn't the cross enough to show us God's love for us? Not for God. He also gave his church the ministry of reconciliation, the authority to forgive sins, 
when he sent his apostles as the Father had sent him to bring about forgiveness. Divine mercy, you see, is not easily satisfied. The thirst of Christ is not quenched until all come to him, to his heart and to the font of his mercy. Why is this Sunday Divine Mercy Sunday? Because we need to be reminded that every Sunday, every day, every moment is a time for his mercy. He thirsts for sinners and and will continue to do so until all have drunk of his mercy. He walks through the locked doors of our fears, our apprehensions, our anxieties, as certainly as he walked through the locked doors of the place where the disciples were trembling in fear. He offers us his peace, as certainly as he offered it to those who denied and deserted him. He bids us draw near to his pierced uh, hands and feet and to his open side, just as he did to Thomas on that Sunday night long ago. Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving but believe. What response can any of us give to that other than the response of Thomas? My Lord and my God. For his mercy, his heart-aching love for us is infinite. And it's not just a matter of forgiveness. He pours out a restorative tide of merciful love. His mercy is not just something we get from God, but a transforming encounter with Christ. His mercy in our souls enables us to be merciful to others, and it gives us the strength and the fortitude, the courage, to bring the message of Christ to a world lost in the darkness of violence and sin and death. Brothers and sisters, Make no mistake, the world is hanging by a thread. And let me repeat that with even greater desperation. The world is hanging by a thread, but that thread is the unbreakable mercy of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. More powerful than death or hell or Satan, more than any human evil, or despair, or depression, or addiction, or hopelessness, or fear, or hatred, or lust, or anything else on earth or under the earth, stronger than that is the mercy of God in Christ. See my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Let us all respond as Thomas did, my Lord and my God. For his mercy, his heart-aching love for us is infinite. It's no wonder that we sing at the Easter Vigil, O wonder of your humble care for us, O love, O charity beyond all telling, to ransom a slave you gave away your son. Thanks be to God for his merciful love for us, poured out on the cross and brought to us even us, even now, by the eternal and risen Son, Christ Jesus our Lord.